Laura and I had two very strong commitments to fulfill with this. And one was that absolutely 100% of every cent went to the vaccine research fund. Because I think sometimes some of us are reluctant to make donations to things because we don't really understand or know, you know, where's the money really going? Where with Dr. Tui, we can pick up our phone and call him at any, any given moment and say, hey, doc, where are we at? What's going on? So there's no mystery here. This was designed, Breaks for Breast, to be extremely transparent. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Femcanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. I want to know what you like or don't like about the podcast. I want to make it yours. You can leave a message by calling 614-636-2240. Again, it's 614-636-2240. Leave me a message and who knows, you might hear yourself on the podcast. The founders of Breaks for Breasts are in the driver's seat today. Laura Frank and Liam Best share their story of how the idea of the company started all the way to raising over $750,000 for the Cleveland Clinic Breast Cancer Vaccine Research Fund. Enjoy the show, Femcanics. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B. And I have Laura and Leanne on the line from Breaks for Breasts. How are you doing, ladies? Great. Great. <laughs> Great. I am super excited to have you ladies on the line and to share with the Femcanic community about your cause and how you've paired up with the Cleveland Clinic. And I can't think, just like what I was sharing with you, Leanne, before, is I can't think of a more female-related thing than what you guys are tackling here. So before we jump into the actual cause, I'd like both of you to go ahead and introduce yourself and give a little background on your connection with the automotive industry, and we'll start with Laura. Well, um, first of all, we're really happy to be here. Um, I actually worked in corporate America and left corporate America in 1995 and joined my husband, Jerry, who has been in auto repair since high school. Uh, I joined him at our Shell gas station. And then in um, 2001, we left, uh, the industry kind of was changing a bit, and we left our gas station and um, bought some property and opened up a three bay, it used to be a Jiffy Lube, and uh, that was in 2001. So I've been in the auto repair industry for 24 years. I was just thinking of that. I remember when I thought that 24 to 30 was old in age, and I've been in this industry that long. So <laughs> I know, I know how you feel. My daughter, my daughter and son remind me of it every day. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So um, yeah, running running the shop. Uh, I do a lot of the HR and. Um, uh, 
operations ends and I uh, work mainly now in the shop with our um, customer service people, but um, payroll and, and all the behind scenes things I do. Perfect. And Leanne? Sure. Uh, and thank you again, Jamie, for this opportunity. Uh, my background uh, before I get into the automotive industry was primarily real estate, either many, many years in mortgage banking and then eight years in, in real estate prior to joining Bill Hill at Mighty Auto Pro. Bill's my significant other. Uh, Bill's owned Mighty Auto Pro since 1997. I joined him and oh my gosh, it seems like yesterday, but it's been 17 years now that I've worked at Mighty Auto Pro. It's a 17-bay facility in Medina, Ohio, so just a little south of Cleveland. Um, of course, in small business, we all wear many, many hats. Uh, my main hats are my passion, which is absolutely marketing and customer service and phone training. So that's my primary function. Um, I also do the other little hats, the human resources, uh, it, it really anything else that a small shop needs, but it, it's been great. Uh, I've always felt because before you know, I've, I worked in corporate America, just like Laura said before that, and I just love working in the independent shop. I love small business ownership. I love being a partner with Bill and running that shop uh, in the day-to-day -day operations. And it's a, it's a fantastic industry that we're a part of. And it just gives us so many opportunities and, and, and breaks for breasts is perfectly that. That's an opportunity that I never would have had had I been working in corporate America. So I love, Laura has a favorite saying that I, I really believe in, and that's with uh, being a business owner, you have visibility. With visibility becomes responsibility to make the world a better place. And, and I think that's just one great thing. Well, one of many great things that we in the independent auto repair industry are, are fortunate to be a part of. I think that's a tweetable quote. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> visibility comes responsibility. Yes. It's got a yeah. nice ring to it. Um, yeah. I, and I have to say, I, I want to make sure I heard that right. Did you say 17 bays? That's correct. It's a big shop. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, that's not little. That's pretty decent <laughs> sized. <laughs> Up until a couple of years ago, we were the largest shop in our county, but then one of the dealerships added on and uh, another dealership added on. So up until two years ago, we were the largest shop in our county. Very nice. So, so it's night and day. I, we have a six bay shop and they have a 17 bay shop. <laughs> yeah, both ends of the spectrum, right? Exactly. So this is really exciting. Thanks for sharing that background. I am so interested in learning more about Breaks for Breast. I, I initially heard about it when I'm constantly scouring through the internet to um, share different things with the Femcanic community. And, and the whole genesis behind Femcanic is to shed a spotlight on women in the industries. And one of the things and categories that I've added since talking to you ladies to my website on the resource page is a nonprofit category that nonprofits can add themselves to as a resource as different car shows and all, you know, ladies only car shows and or sponsored car shows where they can have this plethora of lists of nonprofits that really target and benefit women in general. 
So thank you for prompting me on that. But I found out I found out about you guys on Facebook. Chris Kozad, I interviewed her on an earlier episode, and she's a phenomenal person. And talk about a trailblazer. She she was a female mechanic when it wasn't cool being a female mechanic. <laughs> she's been doing it Absolutely. for many years. She's an adjunct uh, instructor at Columbus State Community College in the automotive technician. And she's based out of down here with me in Columbus, Ohio. And I was on her Facebook page and I was looking, I'm like, ooh, I need to reach out to these ladies. I, lo- I love what you ladies are doing. So who would like to take the first step sharing and giving the overview of what Breaks for Breast is all about? Go ahead, Leanne. And you, you do that well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll jump in. Well, what we love about Breaks for Breasts, so there's many things, but primarily it's a win-win-win. The way it works is the auto, independent auto repair shop goes to their vendor and they ask their vendor to supply free brake pads all month long in the month of October. And the first question we usually get is, well, why would they do that? So what we do in turn for our vendor is we promise them that they will be our first call for everything we need. Because in our shop, especially being 17 bays, we have three vendors that we go to. So we in turn promise that vendor that we are going to exponentially increase their business, which will cover the cost of the brake pads. Um, An example would be in our shop, we do an average in the uh, nine years we've done it, 34 brake jobs a month. So they know kind of out of the chute, it's going to be 34 free pair of brake pads. Then what we do is we turn around and we offer to the public free brake pads all month long in the month of October. All they have to do is pay for the labor and any other necessary ancillary parts, so rotors, whatever it may be, calipers. And let's just say that ticket ends up being $172. Then the shop donates 10% of that back to the Cleveland Clinic Breast Cancer uh, Vaccine Research Fund. So, and then that's how it goes all month long. So we win because we're able to obviously support breaks, uh, breast cancer and put the breaks on breast cancer. And the customer wins because they're getting free breaks. The vendor wins because they're increasing their business relationship with that particular independent shop. So there's just the cool thing about it is there's really no downside to it. Wow. Whenever you can create a triple threat win. Right. You know, how can you even argue with that? It'd almost be silly for, you know, independent shops not to do it. Exactly. Because it can turn into a a great marketing thing as well. Oh, sure. Sure. And community awareness and um, all the above. Wow. Now, um, how much have you guys been able to raise for the research? Well... This year, we're hoping to cross the million-dollar mark. Uh, We started in 2011, and right now we are at, before this year, we are at (laughs) $747,000. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I know it's hard to say those big numbers. We're not used to saying $747,000. It seems like a ginormous number. And, And to that point, Jamie, one of the other really neat things about Breaks for Breasts 100% of every single penny goes directly to 
the Breast Cancer Vaccine Research Fund. This program is run by Laura and myself, two volunteers with a budget of zero. Oh, wow. And and, and that's the way it's been since the, the day it was born. And uh, that was, you know, Laura and I had two very strong commitments to fulfill with this. And one was that absolutely 100% of every cent went to the Vaccine Research Fund. And the second was that we needed to make a commitment to find a worthy recipient of those funds. And we absolutely found that in Dr. Tui. So let me ask this. How did you end up arriving at, okay, Cleveland Clinic's the answer, Dr. Tui's the answer? Well, actually, we, we sought out the, the traditional um, organizations that are in the forefront for um, cancer uh, and breast cancer um, research and support. And it, um, it wasn't conducive to, to what, what we were thinking. Um, we, we really wanted to be able to just give our money, make sure 100% went to, you know, to the cause that, that we were supporting. And um, actually, Leanne <laughs> stood up at a networking event and said, I need to find somebody to give money to. <laughs> and um, it just so happened that um, the, the mother of somebody who was working in Dr. Tui's lab was, was at that networking event. And the rest is history. We that, met that's Dr. one Tui. way to find it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so we met Dr. Tui and knew that he was the guy. He was just uh, relatable and uh, super excited, and and it was easy for us to g- give him all of our money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and the other thing about that, Jamie, is one of the reasons we were so specific is because I think sometimes some of us are reluctant to make donations to things because we don't really understand or know, you know, it's such a big conglomerate, you know, where's the money really going? Where with Dr. Tui, we can actually, when you when you think about it, he's the nucleus. He's the reason we do all this because he's the man with the brain to create this vaccine. And we can pick up our iPhone and call him at every, any given moment and say, hey, doc, where are we at? What's going on? So there's no mystery here. It's all, this was designed, Breaks for Breast, to be extremely transparent. And he absolutely fit our model. That's great. And can you give uh, the listeners a little bit of background on, you know, you guys have been doing this, you said since 2011? 11. So about eight years now. And in those eight years, I imagine there's been a lot of progress made around the actual vaccine. Can you guys provide a little bit of background of what Dr. Tui's kind of uh, path has been? Wow. Um, (laughs) I think we've, we've learned more than we ever thought about how, how difficult it is to, to get a, a vaccine or to bring the research to fruition. I personally can't get real technical with everything because um, I'm not a scientist, <laughs> but he's had a lot of ups and downs. Um, he's applied for a lot of grants. Um, he actually said that he writes a lot more than he thought he ever would because he studied medicine, right? right? But he's writing for grants, and he's writing papers, and he's you know writing you know for uh, approvals and, and all that kind of stuff. And there's been a lot of ups and downs, uh, disappointments, um, money that 
thought was coming in and didn't and things like that. But finally, it looks like phase one human trials will be starting the first half of 2020, which is huge. That's huge. And his vaccine is uh, targets the triple negative breast cancer, which is uh, the most lethal breast cancer. Wow. And I think this is important to share with folks, too, because just as there's many misconceptions uh, and misunderstandings around automotive stuff and working on cars, for folks to understand what goes into just being able to do research to try to create a vaccine, like I had no idea. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't even know a vaccine was being researched for breast cancer. This is in the fact that this gets kicked off in 2020 and how much time that we have these scientists spending in writing instead of putting them in a situation where they can leverage their strengths to actually get to the end result, bring it across the finish line. And and the, the one thing that I find interesting is that the research is supported by philanthropic donations. So, you know, we think these drug companies have all this money, you know, and and a, a lot of this research is is from donations. So, um, and I want to be clear, too, that the money that um, Breaks for Breast uh, raises with all the independent auto repair shops, that's going to his research, totally to his lab, um, so he can stay afloat. Right, absolutely, because his lab is what, as Dr. Tui likes to say, and, and he is astounded, floored, so gratified uh, about this industry supporting him. He Every year when we do our check presentation, I mean, you can just see it. I, I mean, he's overwhelmed, tears in his eyes, hard to talk. He's just so grateful for what we do. And he, as he always says, breaks for breasts, it gives me my helping hands. It gives his lab researchers the ability to work on the vaccine, to make it bigger, better, stronger, to give it more approaches to not only limit it to breast cancer vaccine, but he's so, certainly looking at and trying to develop vaccines for other things. An example would be ovarian cancer. So um, and, and Laura is absolutely right. I, I mean, we give him his helping hands because when, as, as Laura said, it, it's an amazing process and incredibly expensive. So a, a, an example would be the Department of Defense. He recently got a grant from the Department of Defense. I believe it was December of last year. And this is funding that goes specifically to get this to, to bedside to make the actual vaccine and things of that nature. But they gave him $6 million, which is still a drop in the bucket for everything that has to be done and the incredible expense that goes into it. But one of the reasons the Department of Defense was on board is because there is a higher incident of breast cancer in our military folks. So they have a, a vested interest in getting to the bottom of this and getting this vaccine there. But it helps to support us by saying, well, look at the people that are gathering around this guy that believe in Dr. Tui. And uh, it's it's incredible. Well, and I think it needs to be said, breast cancer is not just a female thing. Men can get Correct. breast cancer. And a lot of folks don't realize that. Yeah. And, and if I'm being honest, I didn't realize it until 
uh, one of my friend's dad was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like it yes. was, a, and this was years ago. Um, but it, when I was younger, it, it just didn't occur to me. Um, so this is not just a female thing. And I know we use the pink ribbons and stuff like that. So when we think about the automotive industry, cancer doesn't discriminate in any way, shape or form in any form of cancer. It, it doesn't. And not only can men get breast cancer, but the, the BRCA1 gene, uh, which is one of the breast cancer genes, is not only breast cancer, it's also ovarian cancer. And um, unfortunately, I found, found out uh, it is also pancreatic cancer. So, you know, not only are we spreading or, or trying to raise money, you know, for this vaccine to change the way we, we look at cancer and treat cancer, but also to educate people that it's, it's not just breast cancer, it's, it's not just women, and um, this certain genetic anomaly uh, is linked also to ovarian and pancreatic cancer. Right. And, and when you listen to Dr. Tui talk, you know, his, his mantra is prevention is the cure. And he often mirrors it to, he says, we have times in our life when we use vaccinations, when we're, when we're younger, when we're children. And then eventually as we get older, we may get some booster vaccines. An uh, example would be uh, measles to shingles. But he said, there's a missing point in our life where a vaccination would certainly be an amazing thing. And and he always likes to say that point when he looks at where the vaccination would foot in it. He he says when your when your breasts retire. So <laughs> we always get a kick out of that. Yeah. When it's breast retirement time, that's the optimum time for the vaccine. In other words, you're done breastfeeding, that type of thing. So um and and like he said, you know, if we can come up with that, that is the cure where so many people are like, well, the cure is radiation and chemotherapy and all of those horrific things that women have to go through. And he's saying, you know, we we can forget we want to forget about all that. We have this vaccine, it's been proven in laboratory animals, and we just gotta get it to the bedside phase, which we're so close to and so excited about. Yeah, like like Leanne said, the treatment right now is um I, I, my personal opinion, it's just barbaric. Exactly. And I, and I get that people with cancer would die sooner um, without the treatment. I understand that. Why do we wait till somebody's diagnosed though? That this, if, if we have this vaccine, they're not going to even be diagnosed, right? Yeah. So the radiation, the chemo, the cutting, the other removal of body parts, all that, you know, wouldn't be happening. Right. The physical things, the losing your hair. I mean, it may seem minor in the scheme of things, but to a woman, that's that's awful. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the reality is, is it's almost trendy for men to be bald. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you right. know what I mean? Women, not so much. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, and don't get me wrong. I've seen a ton of women rock the bald head and they absolutely. are beautiful. Absolutely, absolutely. beautiful. And I tell you what, when I see those women, I, I just, I, I am immediately inspired by them. And, you know, I, part of me wants to go up and give them a high five and say, thanks for being a badass, you know. And <laughs> Exactly. It, but they'd probably think I was really weird, so I kind of defer <laughs> away from that. But that's internally, that's what I'm thinking and feeling. Um, but Actually, next time you should go do it. 
I they probably, know, I was they, probably the they probably would not think you're weird because I went up to people before. Um, you know, they they probably would feel good about it. You know, that that you're recognizing them. It's I, I'm sure a lot of people listening more than more than we care to to think about have been touched by cancer, and um, it's it's brutal. It's brutal. So when they're out there doing that, then yeah, high five would really probably go far yeah and i tell you what it's interesting you get a you get to a point in your life that when you go to these annual checkups and this just happened to me recently i i went into my annual gyno appointment and i've consistently that over the last three to four years have been getting ultrasounds because it assists on my ovaries and for three or four years it's like no big deal you know and then all of a sudden this year my doctor calls me back immediately because she always looks at the ultrasounds after they're done. And all of a sudden, after my mammogram, I immediately get taken back to her. And she's like, you know, I've been watching this polyp and it's grown. We need to go in and remove it immediately. It's like you kind of hold your breath where you know it's routine and it's the right thing to do. But you know, leading up to the surgery to get them removed and then the two-week waiting period afterwards to see if it's benign and no big deal, it's constantly, it was constantly in the back of my mind. Right, absolutely. You know, and it's like, do I say anything to the kids? Do I not? Do I just wait? But what if it comes back positive? Then I have to, I mean, all these different things going through your head that, and it's just a routine thing. But cancer is that prominent in the world today that it's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you kind of think about it and you're not, it's not like, it's, it's not really if, it's kind of like when. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it's scary. And, you know, knock on wood, no one in my immediate family has had cancer. Um, meaning like my mom, my dad, and my, yeah, my mom, dad, not on my dad's side, but yeah, it's in the back of your mind. And even if you're going in for routine stuff and you try to push it down, but things like this and get, being able to have a front row seat in knowing that when you donate money, it goes directly to it. For For me is what blows me away about your particular program because you're not technically a nonprofit, right? It's just really That's a correct. pass through. Correct. We're we're just trying to to gather everybody together, right? That's what we do, um, and the money goes directly into. We actually have a, a special link set up, so when you donate through our website, it goes directly into that fund. It it's it we watch we watch that like a hawk, <laughs> so we right. know that money is going right into that fund. It's not kind of going into the clinic and getting dispersed. It's it's set up directly for for that. So absolutely, I got a call. As a matter of fact, yesterday from a gal that works at one of the shops. Uh, I don't remember. I think it was Wisconsin, and she said, Leanne. She goes, I had a customer that had to write a check. Is it you know a little older? Wasn't comfortable with the whole online thing, and she goes, "So I'm going to mail it to you." I said, "Is it made payable to Breaks for Breast?" She said, "Yes." And I go, "Unfortunately, Breaks for Breast doesn't even have a bank account." So I said, "You know, all checks have to be made payable to the Cleveland Clinic Breast Cancer 
vaccine research fund. So she was going to contact her customer and uh, just send her shuttle driver out there to see if she could just write a different check in. But yeah, literally, we don't even have a bank account. Yeah, it, I mean, the whole thing fascinates me. Basically, you're there marketing <laughs> and it just gets funneled directly into them because there's, especially when you see a lot of the natural disaster type things. Um, my partner's from Puerto Rico and a couple years ago when the hurricane hit Puerto Rico and, and it's not unique to that, but you funnel these money, this money into different nonprofits. And later on you hear about some of these scams where they just go and pocket it. So it's left right. a lot of people yeah. weary on, okay, where does this really go? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So I love the transparency that you ladies have created around here. Let's talk about how big Breaks for Breasts is. You guys have spanned across the entire United States now. <laughs> is that right? And you're going into other countries. Yeah. Uh, yes. We have a shop in Canada. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, like this year, for example, we have what are we at 230 yeah. shops participating because right now obviously we're in the we're in the throes of it Actually, because this is Leanne, I just yeah. I just updated it's 234 there we go shops. and 38 states correct two wow. countries so and it really started out I, I I mean honestly Laura and I were uh sitting having dinner one night uh, back in September of 2011 we we're just chatting because at the time we were very involved in breaks for children so we supported a local children's home and as we were talking uh, we were like, wow, how can we, how can we take this same idea and do something, I don't know, to save the world to, to <laughs> something really big. I mean, we're big thinkers. So that night Breaks for Breast was born and it was September and we decided, you know, we could plan for a year and really get it rolling in October of, you know, the next year. But we're like, you know what, let's just roll with it. So Laura's shop, our shop, and three other people that we knew that had local shops, we talked to them and they're like, yeah, let's do it. So we started out with five shops in Ohio, organized it, and uh, we raised $10,000. And frankly, I think we were a little surprised. <laughs> I don't think we expected it to, to work that well and do that well. So, I mean, Laura and I are fortunate. We are huge networkers. We belong to a lot of different groups in the industry. And with a budget of zero, we just had to rely on people to share the word. And, you know, classic example, I called Amy Matinat at uh, Auto Craftsman in Montpelier, Vermont, and she spread the word to those states. And then uh, another example would be Bogey Latiner in uh, Arizona. You know, she has a huge presence out there. So she started rallying Arizona shops. And that's, I mean, our industry is so cool that that's all it took was just for them to, to help us share the word. And then some of the industry groups, the 20 groups got involved and they'd make it a focus of their meeting. Um, we're involved in a coaching group. We made it the focus of our meeting and, and it just started, you know, spreading like that. And then today we look at it and we go, wow, I mean, Kakui just built us a website at no charge to support breaks for breasts. And uh, they build us a great website. So we are we have so many industry supporters now that are helping us share the word. Share the word. So I mean, it's our industry. It's just so cool because budget is zero, and uh, that's where they've taken it. That's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. 
Wow. So how, if someone, there's, there's two pieces to this, right? So there's the independent shops and at a high level, can you walk through if, if, if an independent shop owner is listening to this, what do they do? They want to become a part of it. Where do they go? What do they do? Well, um, the first step would be to go to our website, uh, breaks for the, and the four is spelled out F O R breast.com. And um, just look around in there. We have a lot of information. Um, there's a participating shops resource center. We have a Q and a sh- um, sheet that has a lot of questions and answers that we've developed through the years. Um, every question that somebody's asked us is on that sheet. So I, I would think that would be the first step just to, to poke around in there and uh, read about us. Uh, we have pictures, we have uh, participating shops. Maybe if um, somebody they know is listed on the participating shops, they could reach out to them if they're in their town. Um, and our, they can always call us. Our phone numbers are on the, on the bottom of the web, website. They're, they can feel free to call us. But that would be the first step. So after they're comfortable with that, then they would want to reach out to their vendor and get their vendor on board because that's probably the catalyst that would start the whole thing. Perfect. Now, what about, okay, I'm not an independent shop owner. Someone like me, for example. I'm not an independent shop owner. But I want, I, I love what you guys are doing and I want to contribute to it. How would I do that as an individual? Absolutely. Um, our website, right at the top, make a donation. You can click there and, and make a donation. We don't discriminate. <laughs> right. Um, additionally, it's like somebody like you, you, you're getting our name out there, right? You have um, your outlet with your podcast that um, can spread the word. Um, we have people who, attend different trade shows and they're not a shop and they work for uh, maybe a manufacturer and, and they've reached out to us. So we have flyers that we'll send them when they go out to their shows, they'll put their flyers out on the table and talk about breaks for breast and spread the word. Um, so you don't have to be a repair shop to um, support the cause. Right. Or the other thing as a consumer, uh, if you hear about it and you happen to have a repair shop that you love, tell your repair shop about it. See if you can get them on board. Oh, I love that idea. Oftentimes as consumers, we don't necessarily think to even go ask a shop to do that. But to be quite honest, it's no different than EAP programs from companies. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just, you got to ask sometimes. The answer may be no, but it's always no if you don't ask. That's correct. Well, and the other, you know, when Laura was talking about what a shop does to get on board, that brings to mind the one thing that Laura and I have have been able to develop over the years is it's pretty much a done for you program. And when the shops decide and they've gone through the steps that Laura just outlined and they decide, you know what, this is something I want to do within our website we get all of our vendors, a lot of vendors on board that prepare special pieces, special pricing. So you can find direct mail options. You can find t-shirts. You can find all sorts of cool breaks for breast stuff in there. You just print out the order form, look through the different vendors, decide what you want to order. So you can have all your marketing done for you. We don't make any money off of that. We just ask our vendors to provide a really good price for these pieces to support breaks for breast. So the shops, you know, it's easy on their budget. 
But if you're a shop that that's a DIYer and you like to do all of your marketing yourself, we have all sorts of logos on there. We have a press release, so they're able to just fill in the blanks, customize it to their shop, you know, send it over to their local news stations. We are amazed uh, at the amount of news coverage we get on Breaks for Brus across the United States. It's cool because the shops will uh, typically, you know, go to the fake brace breaks for breast Facebook page and, you know, let me know that they've got a link to a news channel coverage or whatever. So it, it's a done for you process. We make it as simple as possible. Wow. That is just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Where and how, what are the best ways for folks to get a hold of you? Oh, probably through our website. Like I said, our phone number's on the bottom. Feel free to call either one of us. And our email address is down there, breaksforbreast at gmail.com. So that's right. that's the best way. Wow. I, I'm just, I'm sitting here processing this right now. And I want to thank both of you so much for being on the Femcanic Garage podcast and sharing one, not only sharing it, but first and foremost for doing it. You guys did this FOC, free of charge, and you have all of this stuff set up. And I, I, it didn't take an hour to set all this up. So I know both of you are putting a <laughs> yeah. lot of time in this. You're not getting any income from it at all. This is just kind of a labor of love. So absolutely, kudos to both of you. And hopefully this weekend I can uh, meet both of you in person. That would be great. That would be outstanding. Is there any final words you would like to share that maybe I haven't covered with the Femcanic community? Nope i i don't I don't think so. I um, I just want to say, you know, you say it's a labor of love for me. Um, my mother was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, which I I didn't talk about in the beginning. And so when Leanne and I sat down at dinner that day to talk about doing something, that was a big motivator for me to uh, make a difference because my mother was diagnosed 16 months after she had her first symptoms. So it was a year and a half. And then finally, you know, they, they found the cancer. So for me, it was uh, personal. And then a couple of years ago, my brother was diagnosed. So I do this. Yes, it's a labor of love. So but uh, happy to do it. And hopefully we, and along um, with the other shops, because Breaks for Breast would not be without any of these other shops helping. So Leanne and I can can do what we do, but without other shops coming on board and the support of our incredible industry, this this wouldn't be. So hopefully one day, this this will make a difference in at least one life. Very right. well said, Laura. It's like a... You guys were the pebble and you dropped it in the lake. <laughs> exactly. Well put. Well, ladies, thank you so much for your time. I thoroughly appreciate it. And I, I love the story and I love what you ladies are doing. And super excited to meet you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, we need more women like you in the industry. And just keep going. And I bet you a lot of people didn't even think about the automotive industry being a catalyst for funding specifically for breast cancer, which is really cool. 
Of course. And thank you, Jamie, for helping us spread the word about Breaks for Breasts. We appreciate you. Very, very much so. Thank you. My honor. Uh, Leanne Best from Mighty Auto Pro in Medina, Ohio, and I'm a Femcanic. Laura Frank from Auto Repair Technology in Brook Park, Ohio, and I'm a Femcanic. The third Shop Talk episode is up next with Rachel Burton. This biofuel boss will be teaching us about all things biofuel. If you have ever wondered or wanted more info on the topic, this is the episode to tune into. Until next time, Femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?